this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This is Samuel's prayer. It's our prayer for today over these five weeks where we've been lifting up great prayers you can find in the Bible. Last Sunday, it was Hannah's prayer that she prayed in the temple with her miracle baby Samuel in tow. She prayed a prayer of thanksgiving and providence of all of what God has done, and will do in the world. And today's prayer is her son Samuel's prayer. Speak, your servant is listening. Samuel was raised in the temple. Hannah did the most selfless and sacrificial thing she thought she could do, that when if her prayer was answered for a son, that she would gift him right back to God so that he would be raised in the temple, assisting Eli with all his priestly duties. He lived and slept and worked right there in the heart of the most sacred spaces. And Eli was getting older, and his vision was failing him, and Samuel was there to assist him. And here is the story of how Samuel came to speak his prayer. And it's from 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli. And Eli said, He said, Here I am, for you've called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I've always loved this story from Samuel. There's just so much wisdom in this calling story, but two big observations stand out to me immediately about this story of Samuel. First, this story is a testament to the power of listening to someone else's wisdom. 
Samuel did not yet know the Lord. That's how the scripture says it. He was a kid, just a boy, and he didn't realize that the voice he was hearing in the night was God's. He needed Eli's help to point him in the right direction. Just picture it. Young Samuel sleeping. He hears a voice wake him up. He assumes it's Eli. He runs to him. Eli's like, not me. Go back to bed. He goes back to sleep. He hears this voice again a second time. He goes, he hears his name called, Samuel. And he goes running to Eli. And again, he says, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me who called you. A third time he goes. And this time, Eli realizes it's not a person calling Samuel. And he gives him advice. He says, when you hear your name call again, this time say, speak. Your servant is listening. What a testament to the wisdom learned with age and the importance of having other people around you in your life. Samuel doesn't figure this out alone. I am grateful, so grateful to the people in my own life over my own childhood that encouraged me and helped me to help discern my own vocational path. I know I would not be here today without those people in my life. The story reminds us of the importance of a community of faith to journey beside us and with us. It's the power of studying scripture together in Sunday school class. It's the power of the body of Christ where we really are stronger than we are apart. We are stronger together We are not meant to walk this road alone. So I hope you remember that. I hope you carry that piece of this story with you, that that if you need help, that if you need wisdom along the way or support or guidance, phone a friend, send a text, a flare, whatever you need to do to know that we do not walk this road alone. The other important thing worth noting about this entire story is Samuel's age. He was young, a kid, a boy, when God called Samuel to do a big thing. I think of other young people throughout history who have been used by God to do some amazing things. And I wanted to tell you one person that I found out about just in recent years. It's a was a woman named Sophie Scholl, a German woman who was executed in 1943 in her own Nazi Germany for treason. And the thing about Sophie's family and her whole family, really, that's so remarkable, uh, their own father was already spending time in prison because he had um, said something critical of Hitler to one of his fellow co-workers, and he had been arrested for that. And uh, Sophie's older brother, Hans, was a student at the University of Munich. And um, he started writing with a few friends these pamphlets called the White Rose Pamphlets. And he, in those articles, it was articles that would implore students to resist Hitler because of their Christian faith. They used philosophy and theology and scripture and implored people to stand up to Hitler however they could. And at first, Hans, he hid this from his little sister, Sophie, that he was involved in this. But when, he, when she found out, she became one of their greatest assets. She 
alone would be circulating these pamphlets around the campus. And on the sixth pamphlet they were circulating, she was caught and found out and arrested. A trial was quickly held where she had no defense, and she was found guilty of treason and killed. And this quote that is attributed to her for why she got involved in this, she says, stand up for what you believe in, even if it means you are standing alone. 21 years old. I think of the story of the Montgomery bus boycotts when activists wanted to organize a bus boycott protesting the segregation laws of Montgomery of the day and frankly much of our nations of the day. After Rosa Parks had been arrested and fined for refusing to give up her seat on the bus, they formed the Montgomery Improvement Association to organize a bus boycott. And they reached out to this new minister at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church and asked him to lead the boycott. 26-year-old Dr. Martin Luther King. A quote that I read about King leading this boycott said this is literally what they were thinking. They said he had the advantage of being young, well-trained, and too new in town to have made enemies. He was generally respected, and it was thought that his family connections and professional standing would enable him to find another church should the boycott fail. For over a year, people walked or shared rides but they did not ride in the back of the bus. And a young minister in Montgomery for a whole year led the way. Samuel was a kid. A kid. And God called him to do a pretty important thing. And I just say that to any young people particularly listening that I hope you know that God does not wait to use our lives until we've reached some magic year. It is here and it is now, and if we are willing, God will use your life, no matter your age. This is what Samuel does. Time and time again, he runs to Eli, and Eli tells him, it's not me. And then Eli gives him this wisdom. He gives him his prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's what Samuel does. He goes back, he lays down, and he waits till that voice calls to him again. And then he speaks his prayer. Speak, your servant is listening. The older I get, the more I realize what a brave prayer that is. To simply listen, to be open to listening to God. I think if I were going to say that prayer, it probably would have been something more like, speak God, I'm listening, but I want to have some say in the matter. <laughs> give, me, give me a clause, a get out of jail free card or something. Let's start a negotiation process of what I can and can't do. But to simply say, I'm listening that's the problem. I, I sort of want to listen, but I want to be able to hold the strings and control things too. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. It's a brave prayer to be open 
and willing to listen. He doesn't know what he's going to hear. I remember a minister telling me about a story from his church that he uh, was pretty new to his church, and it was a downtown big city church, and they had a, a vibrant hunger ministry there. They fed people most days of the week breakfast and gave them sack lunches to go. They had a large homeless population that lived all around their their building, and this is what they did. And he had this really dedicated volunteer who was... Um, pretty high-powered business guy type, but every morning he came in and he came in the back door and he rolled up his sleeves and he did the dishes for the breakfast and then he left. That was his contribution. And But he was so faithful. He'd been there for years. He hardly missed a day. And um, one day this minister, he was talking to this great volunteer with a group of people and he was introducing them to him and he said, this, this is so-and-so, and he just loves being a part of this, and he loves washing the dishes. And the guy said, now, wait a minute. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't love the dishes. <laughs> I don't love the dishes. And the guy said, oh, okay, well, well, why you do it? And he said, I blame Jesus. And I don't know what made him say yes. I don't know what made him start showing up and doing those dishes day after day, week after week, year after year. But somewhere along the way, he listened. He listened to somebody else's wishes and desires instead of his own. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Samuel prayed a prayer to God that was open to hearing what God will do in his life. No strings attached. Eli would be challenged by this because Samuel was called to speak a hard word to Eli's family. Eli, who had been like a father to him, Samuel would actually be called by God to clean house, to tell Eli and his entire sons and their priestly family that they are corrupt and hypocritical and God is not okay with this. And yet God called a kid to do it. And I'm mindful that all of us in our lives face times where we feel so uncertain of the path ahead, maybe even frightened about what tomorrow will bring. And yet, sometimes I think our own instinct in those moments of uncertainty is just to keep our head down and work harder and faster and do more and move more and build the plane while we're flying it sort of thing. We'll figure it out. But what if before we start running frantically in a certain direction, what if we stopped and used Samuel's prayer? I'm listening, God. I'm listening. Let that be our prayer first. I want to close today with a prayer written by Catholic monk Thomas Merton, who lived and worked right here in Kentucky, outside of Bardstown at the Abbey of Gethsemane. It's a beautiful prayer, and I wanted to share it with us as our closing together this day. So pray with me, please. My Lord and my God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me, and I cannot know for certain where it will end. 
nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have the desire in that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know anything about it. Therefore, I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Amen.